This show is going to be very entertaining for anybody that's listening to us because it's the first time I've ever had to sit in the producer chair uh, or at least the the production chair and be able to make sure all of the um, equipment is up and running to do our recorded show. We also have a guest host with me tonight who's considering interning with me and this is pretty much a trial by fire this is melanie so melanie say hi and you have to be super close to the mic when you're talking oh hello really close (laughs) there you go um and we have a guest tonight and it's hunter laroca so welcome hunter thank you thank you you can hear me okay right i can i can okay Uh, you're a little delayed though but it's all right yeah i'm pretty sure it is so um, what I'm going to do, Hunter, just so you know, I'm going to go through uh, a number of like just housekeeping just to set up our show so people know what it is that's going on here tonight. Um, so stay stay ready because I'm going to mention your name again in just a minute. So um, tonight on our show, the Interim Whisper Live, we're going to be making sure that people know how um, we have some job opportunities available. It's the end of the semester, and anybody that's looking for an internship, we'd like to have you apply to Interim Pursuit. Go to the career page to find us. I also want to be able to welcome Melanie. She's sitting in the chair next to me. And we're going to be hearing what I learned stories with our guest, Hunter LaRocca. But for right now, I'm going to share how people can find us. You can find Interim Pursuit on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find Interim Pursuit, the game, on Facebook and Twitter. And you can listen to us live on MixLR.com forward slash Valencia College Radio. Follow the Intern Whisperer. You can watch us live on Facebook on uh, look for Interim Pursuit and like and follow us. You get an, um, notifications when the show's coming up. And people can call us live on the air. It's 407-5, wait a minute. Uh, 582-2906 and you can also chat with us live online during our live Facebook. So all of that to say is uh, we have a sponsor announcement and so Melanie would you go ahead and read our patron announcement? RB Adversary uh, offers cybersecurity services to businesses worldwide. They're security specialists for cloud, computer, network, and compliance issues. RB Advisory. Advisory. Sorry. Advisory. Addresses active threats to organizations, patching network vulnerabilities, and preventing future attacks to your businesses and information. This website is rbadvisoryllc.com. Thank you, RB Adversary, for being a patron of the Intern Woodsburg. So Interim Pursuit News, students, if you're wanting to join our team, you can go to Interim Pursuit and go to our career page and download the job description to be a student influencer or brand ambassador. Um, If you also are an employer that's looking to work with uh, any of our (coughs) students, please go to our website, internpursuit.tech. And you can be a part of our early adopter program. You can also email me at Isabella internpursuit.tech for more information. Um, so I want to welcome again Melanie. She's going to be here as a guest host. But Hunter, you and I had worked together, so I'm really excited. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yep. This is the way that sometimes we have to connect when we don't have, we have super busy schedules and we can't have phone calls. So it's a, a cheating way. <laughs> 
So why don't you tell our listeners, where did you go to school? What was your major and all of that other good stuff? Sure. So I went to school at UCF. Uh, right down the road from you in Winter Park in Orlando. So uh, I majored in business management uh, under the entrepreneurship program, and I graduated about three years ago now, 2016. Yeah. I know. You made that three years move to 18 years, and that was it, awful. It was like a year ago, but it was three years ago now. Yeah, it was a while, and it was so Time funny. Flies. You know, Do you remember how we met? Because I know it was through somebody that introduced us, and I think it was a fraternity. Uh, no, it was, it was Alex Groendike. Oh yeah. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, yeah. I'm good friends with his son. So I was speaking with Alex. Um, he started working with UCF and getting involved with a lot of, um, uh, the organizations there in business. So, um, it was a good resource to use and, you know, kind of just talking with him and told him what I wanted to do and mentioned you and pivot and the rest is history. Yeah, sure enough was. That's so true. And I ran into Alex, um, Gosh, I want to say it was about six months ago. Uh, he's still with Vimbello. He's doing awesome things over there. Um, but he's taken his book, just so you know, in case you didn't know this, he's taken it and he's turned it into an online uh, learning uh, module that UCF is using. Yeah, it's, it's one of the textbooks for one of the classes now. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So it's, so, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners what it, well, did you sh share what your major was when you were in school? Yeah, uh, business management. Okay. An entrepreneurship program within business management that I did. And so when you and I started working together, the thing that we uh, were focusing on is the business plan. Um, do you remember that? Yeah, bits and pieces. Hopefully you don't call me out on any part of it, but yeah. No, I'm not going to. It was also <laughs> Luis Orbegaso who, uh, who was with me at that time too. And that business plan has totally changed. It's you know, just as any business plan, as an yeah. entrepreneur, you always have to keep up with your your well, plan then. and make sure it's uh, living and breathing just like the business should be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So what were the three things, uh, skills, anything that you think were the three most valuable takeaways from an internship? It could have been with me, any of your internships that you experienced. There's always usually three things. Yeah, I would say one was probably just like the overall organizational development. Um, you know, it's a little different from school versus the real world. It's not as structured and kind of getting into an atmosphere where, you know, it's a little bit different than doing homework every day. Um, I think that was a big driver and a big helper, honestly. Um, probably that was number one. Uh, number two, probably just balancing and wearing multiple hats. And, um, and you know, you're not just focusing on one thing. You're focusing on many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I can't, can't yeah. hear you. I talking. I said an entrepreneur has to do that. They always have to wear many, many hats, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I would say communication as well. You know, making sure that everyone's aligned with the goals and we're not repeating tasks and making sure we're all on track. Yeah. The communication is key and communication is like listening obviously written and then there's also the uh, verbal side of it but I remember you always being like super communicative and I appreciated that and that was a skill that I think you already had but you were seeing how it was used differently in the work environment versus school right absolutely absolutely and I've continued to use it in my real world experience in my jobs you know it wasn't something that I think I even thought about in school like I thought it was kind of funny they teach you about communication when you're, you know, taking classes and stuff. But um, 
yeah, you definitely actually use it. Yeah. Time management. I always throw time management in there, too, because you have to make sure that you're delivering your your um, deliverables to your client on time, that you're communicating on time. Everything is about time yeah, and awesome. something that's measurable. So I throw time management into that equation also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me, what tell, our, tell me, but also our listeners, what is it that you're doing now? So I am now a investment analyst with a multifamily real estate group. So essentially, we, we, I don't sell, but we sell apartments, land, and manufacture housing communities. Um, so anything non-residential. And um, so I'm underwriting a lot of those deals and trying to figure out what's a good versus a bad deal and trying to come up with pricing expectations and you know, the overall market for those deals. That sounds really like a lot of um, numbers. You're, it sounds like you're crunching a lot of numbers and you have to be good with financial modeling. Um, yes and no. Um, I, I would say it's not as intense as accounting, but you definitely have to be good with numbers. Um, it's also just honestly just being more logical than anything and seeing what makes sense. But um, I mean, as far as numbers, yeah, I think some of it is, but it's, it's I always say it's a real estate's a dumb man's game. It's, it's simple numbers. You know, you're not doing anything complex. You're multiplying units times price and just kind of going from there. So it's, it's a basic financial model. But yeah, I mean, there are lots of numbers involved, but it's not anything like too complex. Hmm. That's interesting. So the um, classes that you took in school, and we, we usually talk about the, the transition from school, just so you know, into <laughs> that first job. And I know this isn't just your first job. Um, you had an, a job previous to that. And you were also in a, um, a family business, too. So you really had a big interest in entrepreneurship for a number of reasons, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. Still do. But, you know, when you've been going through these different types of jobs, I'm, you're really taking those skills that you've learned from school or the knowledge you've learned from school, but the skills that you've acquired, and it begins kind of layering your skills on top of each other, and you see how it's being used in different industries. Because your family business was in the fitness realm. I don't know Correct. if your family business is still, I'm going to hope it's still active. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. More active than it has been. Yeah. And then, so that's one, fitness and health is one industry, and now you're over here and into another different industry, and then your second job, your job between that, um, which was, I think, insurance? Um, it was investment banking. Investment banking, yeah. Yeah. So you've been trying different hats on. Which of these have you um, enjoyed, I would I guess you might have to say the current job is the one that you've enjoyed the most. It's probably very exciting. It's new. It's got a lot of um, opportunity. Um, but is there anything that stands out between all of these jobs? Yeah, I mean, so I still have that, you know, kind of entrepreneurial mindset. I've always wanted to get into real estate investing on my own, you know, eventually work my way up to buying apartment complexes, start buying a couple of homes here and there and eventually evolving. Um, so I've wanted to do, to do that now for the last five or six years. Um, and so I've been studying a lot outside of school. I didn't, I didn't get into real estate in school. I didn't have it in any real life work experience, but I use my resources, a lot of reading, a lot of YouTube videos, um, doing all the things I need to do to basically get myself comfortable with real estate. Um, and I didn't start out in real estate with my first job either. So this is actually my third job since I've graduated. 
but I, I, I've kind of used each job as leverage to get the next job and ultimately get to where I want to be. Um, so this is kind of, I don't want to say it's the end all be all, but it's, it's, it's the industry I want to be in. I want to do it outside of work. So I figured, you know, it makes sense to combine what I do outside of work with my, um, with my job. But, um, yeah, I've just used, I've gained uh, a lot of knowledge in each of my past jobs and used it as leverage to basically just, you know, continue to work my way up and into a role that I'm now actually loving. So that's great. That is really great. And the thing I, um, that I believe is in those previous jobs, you're, I, I'm going to guess you're an independent contractor, which to me is an entrepreneur because you're still running it. It's your own business. You get to decide when you're getting up, who you're going to deal with, you know, how you're going to conduct your day. So it is entrepreneurship, and it's in, definitely in alignment with your track. Absolutely, yeah. So um, are you scoping out good business or good real estate opportunities for your family to expand their business? Also? <laughs> I would think so. No, they're not, they're not so much involved in the real estate. It's more health and fitness. But, um, I mean, no, I'm sure somewhere locations. down the line. What's that? I mean new locations for them to expand uh, to another well, location. Well, first we're expanding, like, I guess – from the inside out. So we're actually expanding old locations, making them bigger and renewing them and getting new equipment and stuff before Got continuing it. up new ones. Cause the demands currently exceeding supply. So like we just don't have enough room for all the members, nor do we have enough equipment. So we're trying to get that in, in line first. So that's currently going on right now. Yeah. That, that fitness equipment is really, really expensive, expensive. Very. So you get to work remotely right? I did. In my past job, I did. Yes. But now I'm currently back into the office. So a little bit of both. Oh, what do you think of that? Do you miss it? Do you miss um, the remote? Definitely. I definitely do. It was, um, it was very, very convenient. Um, I mean, I love everything about it, but the biggest downside to it is separating, you know, work from home. Oh, yeah. You know, when, when you go to work, you get in the office, you open the door, it's time to work. And when you leave, it's kind of, it's in your past. But when you're at home, it's, there's not really that, um, I guess, evolution from going to work to, to home. So it's, you're always in the work mindset. I agree with that. That's, I think that's why so many co-working spaces have popped up and they're very, very popular now because yeah. it allows you to have the flexibility of working remotely. You can go no longer Starbucks, but you can go to a co-working place and then you can you know, go transition back home and you're not losing that um, – you have that separation, exactly like what you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever worked out of a co-working space? I have not. I have worked out of Starbucks plenty of times, but not a co-working space, per se. Oh, then I'm going to invite you to come downtown because I work out of Starter Studio, and it's, um, you remember Chuck's place, BMDM. Yep. So that was very similar to me to a, a bit of a of a co-working arrangement because definitely was uh, pivot was in there and then Chuck's company was in there and then he had a third company that was in there. So there was like three different businesses under one roof. Well, right. starter studio is the, is an accelerator for startups, but it's also a big co-working space. It'll hold okay. about 200 people and your desk is your office. So my desk is right next to with them and with them is a finance and a cybersecurity company. Um, they have a representative there because they're a sponsor. 
but that's their office. So we can be sitting right next to another business and having different conversations. And if you need help, you can go, hey, I have a question about uh, sales. <laughs> you know, how do I do this? All right. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, yeah, I need to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to invite you down. Now, the advantage to uh, a co-working space also is it comes with food. They have, I'm going to give a plug for Starter Studio. Um, they have beer on tap. So you can drink beer when you're in the workplace. I, I don't drink beer, but other people do. Um, they have coffee and tea. They have all kinds of snacks down there. It's free printing with their membership. And you have um, free Wi-Fi memberships, include, Wi-Fi is included with that. It's a 24-7 place, so you can be coming in and somebody else will be working there at night. There's conference rooms. There's educational programming that you can go to to learn how to build your your startup. So I think you would like it, and I'm going to definitely have you come down and, and check it out. Yeah, that's a perfect location for it, too, being right downtown. Where are you working now? Where, where downtown? No, I'm actually in Maitland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish I was downtown, but I'm in Maitland. Well, you can go hop on the, uh, the train in Maitland Station. I would definitely tell you that because the parking is ridiculously hard at times and sometimes very expensive. So right. if you can come down sometime in the day, hop on the train, get off at the South Street Station, and then you know we'll have lunch, and then you can go back. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Definitely. Okay, so that was a shameless plug for Starter Studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and a lot of people there, they do work remotely. They also... Um, have uh, different types of memberships. So sometimes they just come in for a few days out of the month. They use the conference rooms, and then the rest of the time they work home. They travel, whatever it is that they're doing. Yes, yeah, it's becoming really popular nowadays. I mean, a lot of companies are consolidating and you know not wanting to pay for real estate because we don't really need to anymore. Yeah, because we're the desk, like a desk, you can rent it down there. It's three seventy-five a month. Now you know you can't rent an office for that. Absolutely have a not. giant office with conference rooms. Yeah. a month. It's ridiculously hard to do all of that. So um, normally I do a little uh, announcement here, also another patron. So I'm going to let Melanie do this. Go ahead and do our next patron and acknowledgement. Um, Simplicity Solutions Group specializes in web design, development, hybrid mobile, and custom web apps built on proprietary application framework. They help businesses thrive in the digital age from web design to records management software. Their website is simplicitysolutionsgroup.com. Thank you, Simplicity Solutions, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. So this weekend, I went to Miami, and I went down for something called a hackathon. And it was um, a, a hackathon where for 48 hours we picked a team and we were supposed to create a game that would teach people about how their actions have an impact on climate, on our climate changes that we're experiencing here. Um, for example, instead of driving the car every day to work, you could take the bus or you could take a train or you could bike. And then you help save the environment. And that has an impact on the, you know, any of our, in our oceans and then also with people around the world. So while 
my team, we did not win first place. <laughs> that was sad. Um, we did get to meet with some really amazing people um, that had big concerns about climate control, climate change, and I was also told climate control is not like anything we can control. It's like we, we're causing serious damage to our climate, but nonetheless, it was something that um, there was like-minded people, scientists, thought leaders, so many people in government that were there, and they wanted to be able to help raise awareness about those environmental concerns. Uh, the accelerator is called Ecotech, and it was a police station, get that, um, that was, uh, I guess it was going to be, it was shut down, whatever. But um, the owner bought it for a dollar and turned it into this giant accelerator and um, co-working space. The jail cell was turned into an escape room, and you had to see if you could escape. And I just think that that's like genius. How fun is that? It's awesome. Did you actually go in the escape room? Oh, no, I'm terrified. So <laughs> it was a jail. It was truly a jail. And um, I walked in, and there were four cells, and they were very small. And I said, okay, can, is there really a way to get out of this place? And she said, yeah, there really is. I said, so you give clues. And I said, how long do you have? And she told me 30 minutes, and I went, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd like that because you're <laughs> locked into basically a three by three cell. It's not very big. It was pretty much three by three, and it had a place to sit and a toilet and a sink, and that was it. And so you can imagine, like you can just stand up or sit down. That's it. And then they shut the door, so you'd be locked in there. And then how do you get out? Because because first you have to get out of the cell. And then you have to get out of the room itself. And I was going, in 30 minutes, that sounds really, really hard. I don't know what they're, they're thinking. Yeah, I, I underestimated the last time I tried it. Have you done an escape room? I, I've done one, and um, I thought it was going to be a joke, you know, walking in and out. and Very, very, very hard. Whoever thought of it has a lot of creativity. Yeah. Did you do it down here in Orlando, the one on I, I did it. I, it was over on I Drive. I know there's a lot of them. It was one of the ones over there by the uh, the big wheel. Yeah. Have you ever done that, Melanie? Um, no, but I saw a very scary movie about it that doesn't make me really excited to want to try it. Okay. You saw a scary movie and <laughs> yeah. it made you want to try it. No, I don't want to try it. Okay. <laughs> don't you don't want to try, try it. it. Yeah. I would be with you on that one. I'd go, no, yeah. I don't think so. Maybe if I had somebody else with me, I'd be okay. But if, at the time it was just like, just myself. Yeah. I'm going, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. I, and I don't think they let you have your phone. No, you're not supposed to use one. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because then you can Google stuff and, you know, figure it out. Yeah. It's really just supposed to be your brain power. Anyway, um, so that was uh, something that was really exciting over the weekend. And that place was, uh, like I said, really, really large. Um, a lot of businesses that were running out of there. And I think that's a, another big trend. Like there was a spa. There was a whole little spa section. One wing of this this uh, police station was set up to be just the 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 actual um, spa area. So they had massage, they had spa treatments, they had 
an inspiration wall. This was also a, an artist haven. There was all kinds of graffiti where they would get to go and paint on a wall and display their art. It's the modern day mall. I think so. I, you know, that's actually a really good way of um, describing that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because people were all milling around, for sure. Um, okay, so let me come over to my notes and see. Uh, so who are your leaders that you believe have inspired or influenced your life? These can be living or dead. They can be um, somebody that you know personally or you don't know personally. And you can name up to three. You don't have to name three, but you can name up to three because sometimes people have, like, 10 people they want to share and sometimes we have time for that sometimes we don't but you can name up to three you put me on the spot like that huh i don't want to say i have any favorite leaders um now just to be clear leaders can be anywhere from faith-based people they can be your parents they can be teachers they can be people you know they can be people that you've just read about so, you know, for me, I've, I had said two of mine, and I haven't ever shared this before, are my parents. And the reason why is because I think that my parents uh, had really instilled in all of us um, what our values and our ethics are. And when I was having a conversation with my parents a few years ago, I, was, I think parents long to hear these words, words from their children, is um, what they did well. And I said, so you guys instilled in me a great sense of uh, values, a work ethic, that um, you taught me to be responsible, how to be able to be independent, how to take care of myself. And I just went through all of these things that I admired about them. But I said, everything that is great about you, I know that's in me. Everything that is a something I may not like that's about you, that's also in me. So I'm the first I am the best and the worst of my parents, and um, they actually it made them cry in a good way uh. because, you know, they wanted to feel like they hadn't messed up with their kids. <laughs> so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout-out to my parents for that one. Uh. So that's why I'm saying sometimes it can be people that you, you know personally. Right. But um, it can also be anybody that you've read about. And another one that I think is truly inspiring is Eleanor Roosevelt, because one of the quotes, it's one of my favorite quotes, is um, nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. And I think that is a quote that we should all live by. It's really um, valuable, and it's important to remember that when we give that kind of power to somebody to make us feel bad about ourselves, that's really a choice, and we don't have to do that. So, to me, that's a good leader. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely obviously say my parents. Um, I think that's one. I, I don't know if they know that they instilled it in me or not, but one was hard work. Uh, I think growing up, and I didn't know that at the time, they, were, uh, they weren't bad parents, but they would force me to basically buy my own stuff, you know, to teach me the value of a dollar growing up. If I wanted to buy clothes for school, my mom would say, you know, you go make some money and, and, and buy your school clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not they know they did that, they did. Made me cut grasses, pressure wash, wash cars, sell candy at school. I mean, everything. Um, anything to make a buck. Yep. My parents so. did that too. They said, 
oh, you want contact lenses? You better go work. And it took right. me the whole summer to do that. Yeah, absolutely. How about um, you, Melanie? Um, I would probably say similar to both of you and my parents. Um, they both come from immigrant backgrounds, so they had to work really hard when they came to this country. Are both and, of your parents from the Dominican Republic? Yeah, but it's actually a little bit um, different for my dad. He came when he was a lot um, younger, so it's almost like, in a way, I wouldn't say, like, he's American, but, you know, like, he grew up more familiar with the culture here. Yeah. So, like, cause he, he was, like, five when um, he came over, whereas oh, wow. my mom was, um, she was, like, 15, I believe. Yeah, there's so a difference. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely a difference in that. But they both didn't really come from the best um, economic background, so... I really saw them work hard just to provide for me and my sister and just have us live in a comfortable environment. Like, I've yeah. never had to, like, struggle for things like food or clothes or anything like that. Like, I've never felt like I've had to go through what... The hardships they, yeah. they did. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone has hardships, but, like, them particularly, yeah, not yeah. the same level. She's from the Dominican Republic, and wow. I did a mission trip there. And I, when I was leaving that country, um, I had noticed um, the pastor of my church, it was a mission trip, like I said. He, he asked me, well, what did I think? And I said, you know, by American standards, they have nothing. But, you know, by God's standards, this is, you know, for me. Um, they have everything. And I just remember seeing... Like, we take it for granted how people are going to go and pick up the trash in front of our house. That doesn't happen there. They're driving around in a pickup truck, and they're shoveling it and putting it in the back of the pickup truck. And it was a big wake-up call if, um, for people that haven't experienced it. But that's the reason why we were there. We're talking about entrepreneurship. It was about um, microfinancing and being able to come into that community and help support a business so it could grow. And that's what we saw is these inspiring stories of entrepreneurs that started with one woman had a chicken and she fried it up and she would sell the pieces and then it allowed her to buy two chickens so she could and then she had a, a business, you know. So learning how to manage money like what you did by mowing lawns and doing pressure washing and all of that stuff or having to do any of the, I don't know what your work history is, Melanie. Oh, well, I feel like it's similar to what a lot of people have done. Like I've done uh, fast food work a lot. Like I've been at a Wendy's. I've also worked at a Panera. Did you babysit? Oh, no, I never did that. Just people within my own family can't oh, gotcha. <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of other people's kids gotcha that's a lot but nonetheless we all have that common thread where we had to have a job and our parents throwing us out there and going well if you want this you're going to have to go work for it Get it. Yep. best gift so thank you to your parents absolutely yeah you probably hate them then but you'll learn down the road oh my goodness yeah yeah, you don't appreciate it until you actually are out on your own and you go, okay, now I know what uh, I need to go and do to um, to get a job. And you have better appreciation, I think, for the people that are out there also that are in food services or that are mowing the lawn because you've walked in their shoes and you can um, identify with the person better. Absolutely, yep. Yep. So that whole entrepreneur journey, it's something that we never stop. 
Um, okay, so, and leaders, let me see here uh, the other questions that I have. So this is going to go back one more time into uh, the previous internship. Uh, and when we were working in Chuck's office, one of the things that I had really loved about his culture, and I think culture plays a big part of any, any type of a, an office, his was very open. You remember he had dogs around, and he was, it was such a wonderful, I guess I would say, um, innovative space where you felt like you could just throw ideas around the room. Yeah. Do you find that when you're having to wear a suit and it feels like the same culture? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, and that's, that's one of the things. I mean, it's not where I am now because where I am now is actually very entrepreneurial. Everyone is very like open and it's the same type of envi- environment. But I've definitely been in a rigid structure in the past where it's like, be here at this time, take lunch at this time, leave at this time, wear this, do that. It's a modern day form of slavery, I think, but um, you're getting paid for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's especially with me, because I, I think I thrive in, in those kind of cultures where everything's open and it's, you don't feel like you're at work, because I think when you actually work the best. So that was definitely a big plus when I was there. Yep, I agree. I agree. Now, I understand why the businesses, though, have to have a very structured um I guess, plan where people are staggering their lunches so you have constant coverage on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a grocery store, right? We yeah. can't just have everybody going on break at the same time. Absolutely. There'd be nobody checking out. Or at the fast food. There'd be nobody there waiting. But I'm pretty sure that fast food is going to end up being automated so that we have robots just handing us our food. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty interesting. I feel like they do that in some other countries. I, I could be wrong. I heard they do. They do that. in the European countries, like in Scandinavian. Yeah. yeah, they've been testing having grocery stores there, and um, it was in uh, Nor- Denmark, Denmark, where you to get access to the store, you have to swipe your debit card. So if you couldn't get in the store if you didn't have money in that account, <laughs> so that was a you know that was the first criteria to be able to get in. There is no humans in it. I've seen this on uh, YouTube. You go in, you pick up your purchases, just like when you check out over at um, I would say like Walmart or Target. When you check out there, you can do the self check. So you self check, you pay, and then you leave the store. But think about that. I mean, you're keeping a smaller amount of probably product on the shelf, but you're also going to make it, I would hope, a safer environment for your, you know, there's no employees there um, so that people can't get robbed because the only way that you can pay is with cards. There's no cash that they're taking. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And um, you leave, so there's... They have cameras everywhere is what um, the video ha- had. And so when people were walking out, if you had more than what, if you didn't pay for it, yeah. an alarm went off. <laughs> so how do they know? I mean, they you didn't swipe the the code, the UPC code. Yeah. I saw Amazon try to try that here. I don't know if they have, they still have a store. I think they have one or two stores where they were trying the same concept. So I don't know if you have to scan your card before you go in, but... You mean the the boxes, the lockers, the Amazon lockers? Are you no, they about? actually had a grocery store. They still may have. You have to look it up. You have to Google it. But um, I think it was in New York. You can look. Same thing. You walk in. They have cameras everywhere. And if you pick something up off the shelf and you walk out the store, it just charges your account or your car right there. And say you yeah. pick up two, 
you can go walk around and put one back on the shelf and it know and it like has a virtual cart and, and it basically figures out what you have and charges you for it. So when you said here, I thought you meant in in Orlando. So that's no, not Orlando and yeah. the U.S. Got it. So I would have used my debit card to get inside. And if I walked out of the store, there was a scanner and it would pick up whatever the UPC is on at least the packaged product and it would automatically go and charge my card. How would it do that on produce? Because you can't go and slap UPC on bananas and oranges. It's the cameras, I think. It's something with the, the technology and the cameras and the placement of things. So I don't, know, how, I don't been, know if they're going to even roll it out. but No, that makes really good sense, and that's amazing. So it did some kind of facial recognition, and it's tying your I – would, I would think this is how it would work. It would take a picture of your face. It would know that you use that debit card to get in, and that's how it connects that person with the card. Yes, yeah, so I don't know how the logistics behind that. Like, if you walk in or if you have to scan something or not, but yeah, it was it was really cool. I don't know if they ever went anywhere with it, but it's definitely an idea that would put a lot of places out of business. Oh my gosh, that's kind of scary, right? Maybe not scary is the word, but it's just like. Amazing. Yeah. Definitely Very. amazing. Changing the game. Thank you to Q, who is the station manager who helped us get the show set up today <laughs> because we would not have been able to do that without us. Well, we could have. It just would have taken us a lot longer. We would have had to have read the, the training manual to do it. And I also want to say thanks to Valencia College for being able to be on this campus. I love being on the campus. I love being able to be in this studio. Uh, thank you for technology. Thank you, Hunter, for being a guest on the show. And thanks also for having Harmony. me. Ah, it's been so long, really. You're going to have to come yeah, down here to the office. Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. Like maybe, um, I don't know, look at your calendar yeah, in the first. next two <laughs> weeks and let's plan lunch. All right, we'll do yeah. And then, um, so we always give a shout-out. So I'm going to give a shout-out first so you understand what it is. You can give shout-outs to any of your, your family, your friends, whomever it is that you want to acknowledge. This is just a special time to acknowledge them. But thanks, a shout-out to Q. Thanks and shout-out to the game team, to the software team. to um, the. Certainly I have greater appreciation also of Matt and Abby who have run the show with me before. So Matt got a job, and he has now gone on to um, his, his paying job, which is always the goal of anybody graduating from an internship. And then thank you to, my, um, to the rest of my team, and that's Katrina and everybody else that makes, uh, makes me look good. All right, so Melanie, you're up. Um, I guess I'd have to give a shout-out to my sister. She actually told me, told me about the post that you guys made on Facebook. Oh, nice. And she told me about it, and that's how I found out about you guys. Awesome. So, yeah, shout out to her. Or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> okay. And that makes you next. So, Hunter, uh, who's your shout third, out for? I'm going to give my shout out to Mrs. Isabella Johnston. Thank you for <laughs> Thank uh, you. helping me and guiding me through my internship and setting me up for success. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So... Um, we always want to say thank you to our listeners also. We appreciate you listening to us. And remember, you can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, Facebook Live, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also on YouTube. 
You can also watch us uh, and listen to us. Well, you can listen to us on MixLR.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow The Interim Whisper. And we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. We're on five podcast channels. So, Hunter, this show will now be going out on all of those channels. Big time. So people will see your name. They're going to see your face. They're going to know all about you. Well, they're going to know more about you, not all about you. <laughs> anyway, so thank you to our listeners. We always appreciate the fact that you joined us, and we're going to be signing out.